You are now listening to the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Somebody say oh my and give them dog six. Welcome in, loyal listeners, to another episode of the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. You are with Hunter Abercrombie and my main man, TJ Vickers. What up, Vic? Man, it feels good to have football back, don't it? Ooh, man. Back it was, to life. It was hot. The yeah. sauna. Yeah. Friday night in the doghouse. Yeah. I think uh, I felt at one point in time like I was a part of like a seafood boil, mm-hmm. but like I was the seafood. Like I was waiting for some Old Bay, some Everglade seasoning just mm. tossed upon me because it was 105 on the field. That's right. I, I did the Weather Channel check, okay? said 96 feels like 105. And you know what? You could have told me 115 and I would have At 730 at night. But the weather wasn't the only thing hot that night, TJ. No. Boom. The dogs were all so hot. But we'll get into that in a second. Before That's we right. go there, tell the folks where they can find us. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at Sons of Swanee. Subscribe, rate, review. Five-star only reviews. As right. Hunter will let you know every week, we will avoid everything else. If you got any suggestions for interviews or some topic suggestions, maybe some rants that we want to go on outside of Little League Baseball and you know anything else that maybe Hunter gets upset with, mm. let us know. And we'll, we'll make it happen. Absolutely. This week's sponsor on the Sons of Swanee are the fine folks, Hillary and the crew at Celebrations. I understand they helped you out last week, TJ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was my wife's birthday. So I, I dialed up Hillary and said, Hillary, come through for me like you always do. That's right. And she said, I got you. And so she took care of it, got me a nice bouquet. The wife loved it, which is really what it's all about. You know, I can like it. By the way, how... You used to deliver flowers, I believe, right? You helped out. Oh, I still do on Valentine's yeah. Day for Hillary, yeah. Now, now, how do you properly sit the flowers somewhere? Because I always just put them in the passenger seat, but like the back side of the flowers kind of oh, gets smushed a little. Well, so what should I do about that as an expert I, in this area? No, when I deliver for Hillary, I take the van. Right, you have You the have van. like little pads, and like it's hard to explain. There's a pad that has holes in it, so uh-huh. you put the flowers down, and then you have these little, I don't know what you'd call them, almost like little PVC pipe things. And you put those around it so it can't move. You buckle them in? Yeah, sort of, yeah. But now, <laughs> whenever I order flowers from my wife, I just have Hillary. I'm not going to lie. Maybe my wife won't hear us. So, like, when I order flowers from my wife, I call Hillary and I say, hey, you know, do your thing. Just we deliver them to the day. I don't know what I'm buying. Yeah. I don't know what, you know. I just trust that it's going to be a hit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, see, my wife works in Lake City, so uh, you know I, I didn't want to get charged a delivery oh, fee. Yeah, that'd yeah. be a long one. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, speaking about your wife not you know, maybe hearing about this, I don't think she will because I don't think we've ever told the people this. Last year at one point in time, Hunter and I just happened to be out with our significant others, our, our wives, and some friends, and we're like, hey, look, there's Hunter. That's right. And so we just got to talking, and so our wives actually ended up in the restroom at the same time. Uh-huh. And as women will as, do. As women do. They, they yeah. flock you know, together, which you don't know, use the buddy system. That's fine, right. whatever. But they both openly admitted that they don't listen. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. God bless America. So, I mean, how are we going to get on the national scene if we can't even get our wives yeah, to listen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who's, 
Yeah. We may be talking to ourselves right our, now. Our mothers are very supportive, though. We may be yeah. talking to ourselves. I'm, I'm, that's yeah, right. We, we got two listeners Thanks, out uh, there right for now. For Candy and Ange. That's right. We got two listeners. But, you know, I mean, so Hillary, you know, also, I don't, maybe we should skip, no, we're not going to skip Hillary. We could hit up Katie right there next door to 11th Street because that menu has been in fuego lately. And, like, tomorrow we got some Bang Bang Shrimp Tacos. Oh. I'm, I'm in for it. I'm, I'm always here for bang, 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 shrimp, shrimp tacos. tacos. Yeah. No doubt. I'm ready That's for it. That's never a bad idea. My wife used to work at Adam's Rib Company in Gainesville. Yeah. And, of course, you get barbecue there, but they had some really good bang, bang shrimp. And people Ooh, would always man. make fun of me. You know, like, you the guy that orders a cheeseburger or something like that at a steakhouse. They're like, why are you ordering shrimp That's at right. a barbecue place? And then I let them have one, and no no one ever had anything else to say I after that. Because it, it's good. I'm going to find out tomorrow. Bang, bang shrimp, I'm here for it. I'm going to find out tomorrow. You know what I felt? One thing I did see this weekend that I'm – had to bring up. Speaking of, you mentioned the Little League World Series. Have you seen the kid from South Dakota? I mean, not known as a baseball hotbed, but my man is just dealing. Is that the one he threw a what? A no hitter yeah. yesterday or the day before, and that's like. But I mean, he has given up one hit like since regionals. I mean, it is redonk. His name's Gavin Weir. See, I don't even know his name. I haven't watched him yet. Know his name, man. Impressive. Maybe he should go ahead and get an NIL deal. He might. But no, what I felt bad about. So Sunday. I went to the Deer Woods, put out a little corn, and I was running back or coming back home. And we mentioned Hillary, which made me think it's because I was out by her house. And my man, I see a guy on a motorcycle on the side of the road. And as you know, for the last two months, what has it done every day? Oh, rain. Rain. Hard. If you're the motorcycle guy, don't you have to have a good idea? that you're not going to run into some rain before you, yeah. you strike out on that trip. Because my man was right there at 252 and 129, and the rain was coming from the east. And the, he was surrounded. He had nowhere, unless he was running straight south to Brantford as fast as he could. And uh-huh. you could tell he wasn't because he had that phone out, like, looking. My man was going to be in trouble. Felt mm. bad for him. But as a motorcycle guy, I mean, that's you got to plan for that. There can't be any chance that no, I'm going to end no. up in a deluge. Of rain, and I mean, I'd be scared enough to drive a motorcycle as it is, but yeah, slick, wet conditions, yeah. I'm out. I'm totally out. And make sure you don't, you know, when you mow the grass, that you don't shoot it in the road. You know? Oh, you oh, know what? That's just a thing. Yeah, we like have, it's my prop. Like I'm supposed to, you know. We have we have a new segment that we are going to unveil today. We are. Hunter, we're not going to do. We're not going to tell it yet. We're yeah, coming later. Hunter Hunter will bring about it later because this is his idea. But but that is something that living off of 252, you get a lot of. Mm-hmm where they just shoot that grass out there into the road. But is it really my problem if I'm the guy trying to mow the grass? Because you're always mowing, let's be honest, you're mowing the grass in the ditch normally, mm-hmm. which is like county. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not be, really yeah. your, your thing, it's but we just wanted to look nice. My house the other day and we wanted it to so look special. nice. Yeah, of course. And I don't do it anymore because, you know, I saw it on Facebook, and I'm not trying to wreck a motorcycle. But, I mean, yeah. it does. If I got some decently high grass, I'm blowing it back into what I'm about to mow, that's a problem, you know. I don't enjoy that anyway. All, all this just made me think of the scene off of Anchorman where he throws a burrito out the window and hits <laughs> the motorcycle, <laughs> and he gets so enraged that he just drop kicks his dog over the bridge. Uh, where right. I'm thinking that some motorcycle guys is gonna come up to your door and start knocking and be like, "This your grass?" Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just, just just hide everything you love if a guy comes up just with Just hide your plane about yeah. a mile because your grass brought. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you folks didn't come here for that. We do this every week, so you should just know by now. Maybe just fast, fast forward, forward seven minutes yeah. in every week and you'll you'll skip it. So we did. We had football Friday night. I don't know how much you can glean from that game. 
but it was impressive. Yeah, looked real good. Had a lot of three and outs for Hamilton. Uh, I think at the end of the first quarter, we were up, we know for a fact we were up 28-0, but the guys on the sidelines that were keeping stats said that we had 143 yards to Hamilton's negative one. Yeah, it was impressive. And for the, I mean, for those who don't know, the, the final score ended up being 38-6. to And I was reminded of a time when, for anyone who knows Vernon Wiggins at the high school, who was my assistant coach, <clears throat> excuse me, for baseball in high school, he is hilarious. Oh, he is. Dry sense of humor, but he's great. <clears throat> but Vernon has coached in Live Oak and Brantford and Mayo, so he's been around. He's coached all kinds of sports. And so he, he and Coach Stebbins were telling me a story one day about him coaching basketball, I think it was. And um, it was his first game or whatever, and he had not many kids and blah, blah, blah. And so what was the final score? And Vernon said it was 70 to 10. Wasn't nearly as close as the score indicated. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I felt Friday night. It was 38 to 6, but, man, that thing was over early. Quick. Early. And so just getting into it, um, you know, I know we have the stats. TJ, I know – um, not to get too in the weeds with it, but both quarterbacks I thought looked really good. I don't think you're any closer to solving your quarterback battle. No. Um, Bronson Tillotson got the start for Swanee. He went five of six for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Cody Lane came in. He got the second half, went five of ten for 94 yards and a touchdown. So I'll get your thoughts first, and then I'll give mine on, on what did you think about the quarterbacks. Yeah, so last week, if you all listened, you know that we did our major football preview with Coach Kyler Hall, and Kyler said that he wanted to give them both a quarter. And yep. that sounds great in theory. That's you know, equal game action. However, when you have short fields the whole first quarter and you get a chance to have four touchdown drives from Bronson Tillotson, mm -hmm. and then the very first possession of the second quarter, Hamilton holds the ball for six-plus minutes. Yeah. Doesn't really give you equal opportunity to have the same amount of reps or anything like that. So I definitely think both quarterbacks are not afraid to put it where it needs to be put. Mm -hmm. um, something I want to talk a little bit more about is the, the RPOs, the run-pass options that were phenomenal mm -hmm. this past Friday, and you rarely see that off the jump like that to have that that connection up, which I think was great, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But Bronson Tillotson, he put the ball where it needed to be put. I mean, the very first touchdown was a, a just a, a great individual effort from Camden Fryer. We talked about just get the ball to your playmakers and maybe have one block and, you know, 51 yards later, Fryer's in the end zone doing a little dance. But the, the second possession that we had the ball, Tillotson just said, hey, one-on-one -on -one coverage, Jay Smith versus their safety. I like my guy more than yes. I like their guy. Made a phenomenal adjustment on the ball for, I think, like a 36-yard game, something like that. Set up a short Malachi Graham touchdown. But that's really all we need our quarterbacks to do this year is to identify where there's one-on-one -on -one coverages to get the ball to the playmakers. Now, the throw to of the Fryer, let's give him credit. He put it right where it needed to be, where Fryer could catch it, turn yes. it, and go. Not where he needed to readjust to the ball and then try to regain his feet. It was right in stride, and Fryer just made a, a great move down the sidelines. Tight rope did the last 15 yards. Next thing we know, 6-0 Swanee. So I think Tillotson did a great job. Lang did a great job, too. You see 5 for 6 for Tillotson, then 5 for 10 for Lang. You think, okay, well, maybe accuracy might be a little bit of an issue with Lang, but that doesn't tell the whole story. There was a couple drops. It looked like there was maybe like a little bit of a miscommunication on one route. And one play, Cody Lang was just rolling out, had a couple guys chasing him, threw the ball out of bounds. Made a great lived, Yeah, lived the play the next down. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think you're any closer to trying to figure out what you are going <coughs> to do for the quarterback battle. 
but I think we're in a great spot still because both of these kids seem to be very talented. Yeah, I don't think it's any separation, and, and I think we can break the news now that, you know, I don't think Coach Hall will mind me saying that he said we're going to flip it this Friday night. Lang's going to get the first quarter or whatever, and then Tillotson. And, and, you know, I think that's fair because both guys did play so well. And I've compared it this week to some folks I've talked to. Tillotson kind of reminds me, you know, of that of that guy, almost that Tom Glavin type of pitcher. If you compare it to baseball, it's it's not 92, you know, with a great breaking ball. It doesn't maybe look as pretty as Lang looks, mm-hmm. but it gets the job done. I mean, 5 of 6, 134, and two touchdowns, it's hard to argue with. Cody Lang is that guy who comes out there and looks the part like, you know, he's he's 92 with a good hammer and, mm-hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, if both guys get out, then both guys get out. So it doesn't matter how it looks. <clears throat> and I only say that because, you know, Tillerson just had a couple – the, the – I thought Cody Lang was really impressive because the ball gets out quick and it is, a t- it is tight and it is on the money. It's a dart. And I thought he had the best throw of the night was the ball that, that – was incomplete down the sideline. Yeah, you know, it was a beautiful throw. I mean, just dropped a dime on a long pass. Tillotson stands in there in the pocket, goes through the reads, makes great decisions. And like you said, those those short routes, the flares, the screens, everything's where it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Almost like that command. Has great command of where he wants mm-hmm. the ball to go. <clears throat> great throw to Jay Smith down the sideline. Um, very smart decisions on the RPOs. Seeing Fryer make plays, you know, Garrison Beach, yeah, all around for the offense early, and I think that's what Coach Hall. I listened to a little bit of the uh, coaches' show, which you now have the privilege to double dip each week that's out right, here. Yeah, he made that that remark, you know, that just get it to the playmakers, get it where it's supposed to be, and and how we came out so fast, and that's what he wanted to see. We didn't come out and slop around and let Hamilton hang around. We came out, foot on the gas, and the game was put away early. Yeah, and so I really, really like both guys. But man, it was—it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle because both of them played really. Now, as you get into these more athletic teams, those windows are going to get tighter. You know, the decisions are going to get a little bit harder. Then I think you see that separation and cream mm-hmm. rise to the top. But I think both players are really good players. Just physically wise, <laughs> Cody Lang does not look like a sophomore. No, he I looks mean, good. He, he comes out there and he—he's very—he's he's well built, got good size to him. And I think that certainly helps whenever he throws those balls into those tight windows, like you said. One of the most impressive throws I saw, I think it was the beach over the middle, and it was probably like a 15-yard game. But, I mean, it looked like there was just two linebackers in front, yes. cover, a guy covering him in the back, and there was a safety on the other end where, I mean, if you're left, right, high, low, that's an interception easily. But, yeah. I mean, it was right there where it needed to be, right on the money, right on the number. And... It was a it was a beautiful throw, and I just remember sitting there on the sideline thinking, like, wow, that that has some major zip to it coming out of it. And game. there's no hesitation with Lane. Nope. I mean, it is one, two, three step drop, boom. Now I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if it's just my first read was open all night, mm-hmm. or if it's just that's my read. I liked how Tillotson stood in there. You found that surveying a little bit he more. He surveyed. Yeah. yeah. So, but Lane, you can't argue with the. The success. I mean, it it looks good. I'm yep. excited. Yep. I think we're about to have a line of quarterbacks come through, and it's going to be good. Absolutely. And for those of you who maybe don't understand exactly what RPOs, like we said, it's a run pass option where you you are keying in on a certain player, whether it be a defensive end, whether it be a linebacker, someone on the defense, really determines the outcome of the play. So you, like the play says, you have the option to hand the ball off or based upon what look the defense gives you, you can pull that back and make a quick short throw 
And a couple of the touchdowns were based upon that. There was an RPO that lang through to Beach that was a 35-yard touchdown. And then, actually, in the first half, Tillotson had an RPO that went to Fryer for his second touchdown of the night. So you saw both quarterbacks execute that really well. That was something that Kyler talked about a little bit on the uh, coach's show where he just said, hey, that's, uh, that's great to see that kind of connection already week one. So I, I do think that we're we're both in a we're, both quarterbacks were in a great spot, and just the pure talent around them. And again, you know, not to harp on it too much, but this is just Hamilton. But we don't we don't need to go too crazy. But the offensive line looked good. They mm-hmm. held their blocks up. And that they was without Jamari Brooks. Yeah, who didn't yeah, play. Brooks didn't get a chance to play. Kyler did say that we got out of the game injury free. Cramps got kind of bad there at the end, but no injuries, mm-hmm. no suspensions for week one coming up. So. Yeah. We should be we should be fully good to go. It should be a full for, go for this Dixie week. County this Friday, and we'll you start know, seeing well, a more of a test. You never know. I mean, and I and I'm not trying to be negative or jinx anything, but you know, you do see games dropping left and right. So you just hope over these next couple right. of days that you don't have any quarantine situations yep. or anything that'll hinder you there. But you know, it's unfortunately something that looks like we're going to have to deal with again this year. And so yep. we'll just take it as it comes. But. I wanted to move on a little bit and talk about some young guys who stood out to me because I was excited about, you know, obviously the quarterbacks, really excited about the receivers. And just to run that down real quick, um, on the receiving end of things, you had uh, Jay Smith, two catches, 53 yards. Garrison Beach, four for 92. Uh, Camden Fryer had three catches for 77. And um, so your playmakers made plays, you know, and that's what we wanted to see. Really didn't get to see a lot out of the run game because, like you said, we had such short fields. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Hall, I think, you know, after that, early in the second quarter, definitely after the half, uh, didn't have his the ones in as much, you know. So yeah. we didn't get to see a ton of Malachi. He still had two touchdowns, but just didn't get to see a ton of touches. A little bit more action for Jeremy Wallace, who, who looked good in the running back position, and some other guys. But I was impressed with the defense, the young guys. You know, we know what Andrew Brown is. We know what Tony McKinney is. We know what Austin Smith is. I really liked how Jacob Dyer reacted at linebacker. Yeah. Thought he was he was in on some up. plays. Yeah. Uh, DJ Coleman, I really like how he gets downhill from that mm-hmm. safety position. PJ Davis out on the corner. I like the physicality of our secondary. They're not scared. They they come downhill at you yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah, Terrell had a thought a great game. Terrell Atkinson. Now he's a senior. Yeah, but I thought Terrell played really well on the outside. And so a lot. Coach Hall wasn't lying, man. We got a lot to be excited about. You don't want to overplay your hand, but man, it looks good. Yeah, and I mean it's wild. You know, just go back and listen to our episode last week, and then knowing what we know now after this preseason classic, it's like you know that Kyler guy. He kind of knows his team pretty well. Yeah, because everything he said was was very true. Something that we brought up with Kyler last week was talking about the defensive ends and how we were going to rotate. So we, whenever we were talking about defensive ends, we brought up Tony McKinney, of course, but then also Austin Smith. And Kyler told us something that I, at least myself, I didn't know. I'm not sure about you, Hunter. He said that Austin Smith is going to move up the middle to allow Jadarius yeah. Cherry, a tip grader, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. to have more times at defensive ends. So I was like, okay, wow, like, we must think this kid is going to be great because, number one, he's a tenth grader, potentially starting, mm-hmm. over – not over, but moving around a very talented and productive player in Austin Smith. Yeah. And I think a couple drives in, sure enough, both those guys say, hey, I'll meet you at the quarterback. Yeah. And they, they combined on the sack. So you talk about young guys, Jacob Dyer, that was someone that Kyler also mentioned. And I think definitely the entire second half, a little bit in the first half, like you said, because we started rotating in other guys once Andrew Brown and some of the defense, you know, get some other guys some reps. 
I don't think there was a tackle in the second half that you didn't hear Jacob Dyer's name being announced because he was everywhere. So that's that's also another young player there for yeah. us to keep growing into. Well, but, and I didn't realize, you know, because Austin saw him on the sidelines and I was messing with him. Um, I said, "Man, you gonna, you know?" And this was right at halftime. I said, "You made a play tonight." I was just messing with because he had, <laughs> but he's gotten a lot bigger. And he so has. I get the move inside a little bit because you know, with his quickness and that physicality, yeah. and allowing JD Jadarius Cherry to to get some run because JD's very long. He's gonna be a really big kid, like you said, only a sophomore. Well, then after the half, we got to see a lot more of those guys. You know, you had Will and Sam Wainwright both in. Yeah. Uh, the twins who are going to be good defensive players for us. Dyer stayed in, which I like because he needs reps. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, man, it was it was really impressive. And um, really like what I saw out of the defense on Friday night. Now, some things we got to shore up, the penalties, the, yeah. you know. Let's talk about that in a minute, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of that stuff. But, you know, we'll get there. Because there were negatives. And that was, well, that was probably the negative. But, um. I was really impressed with the defense, and I was very, very impressed with the kicking game. Yep. We didn't get to punt. Yeah. Now, that was one thing I do want to bring up. We did not get to punt, but I was there at 6 o'clock for the Bulldog walk and then sat down there on the field and just observed everyone starting to warm up. And, you know, you, you know some of these familiar faces, but mm-hmm. there are some new guys with some different numbers and stuff like that. So whenever they start warming up with their jerseys on, you kind of start looking at the roster saying, okay, all right, that, you get a better idea, you get a better feel. You know who Braxton Green is, of course, yeah. regardless. But, man, he can boom a punt. Well, That hang time is ridiculous. And it is a beautiful spiral, which is what the kicking said, game is now. Yes, and and it is. I mean, you know, every now and then there's a dud. You know, not here to just say, hey, every punt is 50 yards with, with a four-and-a-half-second hang time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he'll mix a couple in every now and then that, that it's just because he's getting used to this. Yeah. We've, we've had a, a designated punter every year where he was the kicker, but now he's pulling double duty, and, man, he can boom a punt. So we didn't get a chance to see him Friday night, and you know what? I would hope maybe we actually don't ever see him. Yeah, that's right, punt. yeah. We but I'm great. telling you, it looks great in warm yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was there early, but we were hanging out in the parking lot, tailgating, having some chicken wings and pizza. So Yeah, I'm, I'm doing we'll research and, and show yeah. prep and writing notes and, you know, seeing spots because it's yeah. 106 degrees <laughs> on the field. and. And Hunter's, you know, having to be reminded that he's got buffalo sauce on his face right. from eating another chicken wing. Yeah, yeah, I like I like this dynamic. Of, it's good. Of, yeah, but I think he what, he <laughs> kicked. He had four of six kicks were touchbacks, and I don't know if the others we were just saying, hey, let's see if we can get down there and cover. I think he might have just got tired. He got tired. Yeah, my man, <laughs> my man hit a forty-two yard field goal and made it look like a chip shot. It hit the net. I mean, so, I mean, was, what, that's seven, ten yards back behind the actual goalpost? Yes. So, I mean, the ball wasn't climbing but it was, still, but, but it, it was just net, so it would have been good from 50. It was smooth. It wasn't like a fluke. Like, that's a weapon. Mm-hmm. If I mean, if we're going to get to the 25 and 30-yard line and now we're going to get points out of that or have a chance to get points out of that, no doubt, that's pretty sporty in yeah. high school football. Yeah, in high school football, you not a, say a lot I mean, I'm reading that. last week in the Lake City Reporter, which, by the way, we want to thank uh, Jamie Walker for the, for the stats. He was, yes, thank you, he, Jamie. The uh, editor over there at the Lake City Reporter sent us the stats this week, and so we certainly appreciate that. But I'm reading that Columbia doesn't have a kicker, you know, like, and so what a luxury. They're just trying to get an athlete out there to do the kicking. What a luxury for us mm-hmm. to, to have Braxton play. Green. Yeah. I mean, and so, man, that was, but the, yeah, I mean, he hit that 42 yarder, and it was like, nah, you know, no problem. Just routine. Absolutely. So, man, I'm telling you, all three phases. A lot to be excited about with the dogs. But now let, let's go ahead and flip over to some of the negative sides. Uh-huh. That that you know, obviously there's plenty of positives to take from. Not very many negatives, but we do need to touch on a couple of things. 
Cramping was a little bit of an issue, kind of getting late in the game, but that, you saw that on both well, sides luckily, of the field. Luckily, but, somebody had gone to win Dixie before the game, as he does every year, and bought some pickles for the boys. Those were the largest jars of pickles I That's have right. ever seen. Thank you, Win Dixie. And I was a little nervous because I'm like, you know, sidelines side are really – got to keep your head on a swivel now. So right. we got – Someone carrying in two massive jars of pickles. Where That's right. If there's a play on the sideline and you get your knees taken out from you, boy, we we well, don't have pickles. Here's my thought process, TJ. So I, the day ends on Friday. You know, good school day, whatever. It's Coach Frank Allen's first game as the AD, Uh-oh. so he's going to be busy. Mm-hmm. Coach Hall got a game to win. So I'm thinking, listen, those guys can't worry about pickles because they're going to cramp. We always cramp in the first game. So in my mind, I'm going, well, who should think of the pickle, or who should be the one to think of Who's the pickle guy? Well, it should be Jeff Lee. But, I mean, let's be honest. That's too much. It's too much. <laughs> Is that guy going to think about health and safety and keeping guys on the field? No. No, he's just the trainer. You know, he's just here to rap and, you know, do things like that. So I had to step up and be the pickle guy. So you but were we the, got it done. So you were the pickle plug, Did huh? anybody miss a play because of cramps? Yes. Well, did they get back in the game after the cramps? I believe so. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we did have the penalties, man, and um, we got to clean that up now. I think Coach Hall had said – Yes. Okay, you go ahead yeah, with no, that. Story. No, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah so, no, uh, you go ahead because you so, wanted to talk to him about so it. So there were 12 penalties in total for, I think, 117 yards total. And if you listen to the quarterback club show – I asked Coach Hall about that and just said, hey, you know, what, what, what can we do a little bit better about that? What can we do to clean that up? Now, I'm not sure if you go through the play-by-play, I'm sure it would actually tell you. But I would have guessed five or six of the penalties actually were sideline warnings. And that does not include – I think it was three. Okay, all right. But, yeah, maybe I'm overselling it. But that, that, those penalties don't include the actual first warning you get that does not result in an actual penalty. Right. So, Kyler says, before the game, of course, you meet with the referees and you kind of get a feel for what – how much you know you could maybe get away with, and they said a big emphasis starting off the preseason classic is they want to tell the coaches to get back. They they really are harping on sideline warnings this year, and so Kyler said, "Hey, every time one of my coaches goes out there, throw that flag." Mm-hmm. So within I think two minutes, we got our warning, which does not result in the penalty, but we went ahead and got that out of the way. And then, like you said, Hunter, three or four more times, however many it was, we're not exactly sure. We just keep getting them. We keep getting them. <laughs> and so Kyler was like, we had to run some gassers at practice. The coaches? The coaches had to oh run some God. gassers. Uh, he oh, said, God. He, uh, he threw in a little jab at him and said, you know, they needed it. They could use it. So, yeah. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, we, we need a get-back guy. You know how like they've like that's been a popular thing to document yeah. these last couple of years where we need a it's, red just, lightning. it's basically like the assistant strength coach or something like that at major programs that just yanks the coach back. We need – like three or four get back. Well, guys. I was gonna say. I mean, yeah, you can have a get back guy, but that's usually for the head coach. That's for Nick Saban. Yeah, we, we need one for Coach we Beach. Need we need one for Coach Marcy. Well, here's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> so we're gonna introduce our new segment. Okay, and we I go. think we've got enough material. And oh, I wait, think- hang on. Before, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. One more negative to bring up. Yeah. Frank Allen slipping on the job, not well, opening the gate for well, Bulldog Walk. That was, you know, so I wasn't going to bring it up. Oh, I had to. So the kids get off the bus for Bulldog Walk, and for those who don't know, they walk down the, the road and they go in the side gate there at Langford Stadium. Well, grand opening, grand closing. We get down there and the gate's not open, and boom, we have to go around. 
Yeah. Now, in Coach Allen's defense on that, because I texted Coach Hall and said, you had one job, when, when in actuality Coach Allen had 377 yeah. jobs yeah. that day. But they changed the locks. So, long story short, we get up to our middle school game Tuesday night, myself, Coach uh-huh. Chapman, there's Bluetooth locks, which are great. I love the Bluetooth locks. Oh. Nobody told us the locks were changed. Guess who has no access to Lankford Stadium Tuesday night, an hour before we're going to try to play a football game? Hmm. Anybody in the middle school? Yeah. So that's the only thing I'm thinking is that Coach Allen, the Bluetooth was not working for him, yeah. and I think that was the issue. Okay. So, so in we'll, his defense. We'll give him a pass. There you go. But back, yeah, so back to it. So we're going to introduce a new segment this week, and I think we've got a new enough material each week to do it. And that new segment is called Don't Be That Guy. And maybe it could be Don't Be That Gal sometimes too. Yep. But this well, week it's Don't Be That Guy. And so I'm glad you said that, but still, there were two things Friday night that occurred that are going to be Don't Be That Guy moments this week. Number one, we are winning a football game 38-6. to Now, they threw a lot of flags. Plenty of flags have been thrown. Now, we did like that the officials had the, uh, the microphone. We yes, could hear what the was call awesome. was, all that. Yeah, that was great. But there's a minute 36 left in a running clock. A running clock, too. So a running clock is any time a team's up by 35 or more points, if both, both coaches agree, then we'll just run the clock. Clock never stops except for timeouts. It's just running. Yep. So this, the game is out of reach. Coach Beach goes maybe two yards onto the field to tell his quarterback, hey, slow it down. Yeah. He literally said, do not score. And they threw a 15-yard penalty for that. Now, I mean, I get Coach Hall said when they step on the field, dude, let's have a little feel. You know what I'm saying? Let's have a little situational awareness, you know, like we talk about with our fans, knowing when to cheer and stuff. That's right. The referee's got to have a little situational awareness too because with a minute 36 left and a running, hey, man, I think we can let that one go. What do you think? Especially knowing what Coach Beach told Cody, which, (coughs) like you said, was to slow down and, you know, hey, like, let's not just put this one in the end zone. And so the flag goes up in the air. Beach, of course, knows what it's going to be for. Beach knows it's on him. And he looks at the referee and goes, it's called sportsmanship. And he walks back to the sideline. And so, I mean, at that point, time, we know we're going to win. So I got a little kick out of that where I'm yeah. just like, I can't believe y'all actually called that. And then Beach's reaction is to just... Just say, hey, it's sportsmanship. And, yeah, that was you know, that was so so it. much for sportsmanship. Yeah, I guess we'll just score next. Beach should have been like, yeah, you know what? Four verticals right now. Let's go. Our job to score, your job to stop us. That's right. But the bigger, okay. So I'm gonna get off on a little rant, and then we'll get off of football, or maybe we want. I don't know. You got anything else on football? No, I think okay. we look great. So and my Dixie County next week. Yep, Dixie County or tomorrow week, night. Guess, yeah. Yep, or this week yep. we're recording on a Thursday. Dixie County Friday night, seven thirty down there. TJ and I will both be in attendance. Looking forward to it. My bigger don't be that guy, and this will be my rant. So maybe this segment will be my rant. I don't know, each week. After the game, unbeknownst to me, they're not letting parents and everybody on the field anymore, I guess. Mm -hmm. Which, whatever, that's their call. I didn't know this, so my kids, I send them to jump the fence and go out there and throw your little football that the cheerleaders threw, whatever. So I don't get to go out there. So I'm standing at the fence there, you know, kind of by the bulldog or whatever. And Coach Beach is walking up to say hey to his wife. His wife's standing a couple people away from me and his family. In a game we just won 38-6, to where the offense scored 28 points in the first 10 plays and probably averaged on the night, I don't know, 10 yards a play, if not more, 
Someone behind me says, hey, coach, my boy needs to be more involved in the offense. Oh, dear. And I didn't turn around and look and see who the guy was because I didn't care. But let me tell you something. Don't be that guy. When we just do whatever we want on offense and play nice-nice for the second half, don't be the guy that tells the offensive coordinator who just had a great game. Yeah. The first thing you're going to say to that guy is not, thanks for what you do, thanks for working with my kid. My kid needs to be more involved in the offense. If your kid plays football for Swanee High School and their name is not Cody Lang, Bronson Tillerson, Camden Fryer, Malachi Graham, Terrell Atkinson, Garrison Beach, Jay Smith, Brandon Robinson, maybe a couple more. Well, be honest with you, man. You may not get a lot of touches this year on offense. Not in a big game. Yep. Now, you want those touches, you better go prove it in practice. But don't be that parent who is telling the coach right after the game, there's a way to do it. You want to wait till the next day and go out there to practice after practice and say, hey, coach, listen, man, hey, what's my boy need to do to get some more touches? That's how you do Respectful. that. Respectful. What do we need to do? What do we need to work on to get some more touches or to get involved in the offense? That's the way to do it, not the way this guy did it. I don't know who he was. doesn't matter. That's bull crap. So I'll, I, I don't want to one-up you, but I've basically had the exact same thing happen at halftime. So I'm well, maybe not, we're talking to the same guy. Yeah, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remove <coughs> the, the player's name that he says needs to have touches. Mm-hmm. But this individual comes up to, and actually it's Jeff Lee and I, not, not coaches at all. The two, <laughs> the two guys that are further have away no from coaches. Yeah, I mean, George Waldron is way more of a coach yeah. than we are. You could have had anybody else on that sideline to actually file this complaint to. But you only got yeah. Jeff and I out there talking. So... Guy comes up and he actually addresses Jeff because Jeff has all which the gear, yeah, yeah. Just which that, just, that makes me mad too, you know. Come on, man, hook your boy up. You know, yeah, I, I've, no, been, no, I've been out there. Here. Anyways, he comes up to Jeff and he says, "Are are you a coach?" And he's like, "Nah, I'm just a an assistant trainer. What can I do for you?" And again, I'm not gonna say the kid's name yeah. or his number. He said he needs more touches. He needs more highlights. How many touches? We're scoring in. Three plays. Yeah, every, there's not that many touches. Every single touchdown drive we had was four plays or less. Yeah, there's not a lot to go around. Not, yeah, not a lot to go around. So he walks off, and you know I'm very non-confrontational, so I make sure that he is not within earshot. And I say, "Have your boy make his own highlights." No doubt. How about that? God bless you. Know, but man. I mean, not to be disrespectful about, it, but it's like, yeah, it's like you want your boy to have highlights and stuff like that. Well, prove it in practice. Get them no reps. Make the most of it. But more than anything, just be happy your offense is cooking. Like you said, it was 106 degrees out there, and the offense was hotter than the field. We played to win the game. Nah, yeah. nah, nah, we play to get them huddle highlights or something, and then have them tweet, say, blessed to have this offer too. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyways. Not the don't kid's fault. Don't be that guy. Not the kid's fault. No, no, of course. No, it wasn't the kid's fault. Not at all. It's talking not, about adults. Not blaming the kid at all. So, we're, we're just saying don't be that guy. That's all I'm saying. And on another positive note with football in Swanee County, the Bullpups, as I said, opened their season Tuesday night against Florida High and looked really, really good. Uh, so very excited about our season. Won 32-12 to against Florida High. A lot of young guys stepped up, um, kind of, you know, seventh grade group. There were sixth graders last year that we were kind of excited about. Had a great game. Freddie Cooks, really good game um, at running back. Coy Fryer, quarterback. Jace Moran doing a lot of blocking, uh, playing that sniffer position and on defense. But the eighth graders, too, man, we've got a lot to be excited about with Swanee football coming up. Coach Stebbins, Coach Gaddy, Coach Bean, all the guys out there, Coach Lewis, Coach Philpott, doing a great job. So just wanted to mention those guys and give them a shout-out for, for what they're doing, you know, 
when you talk about it, we're talking again, we said it last year, you know, Coach Stebbins, Coach Gaddy, these are both varsity coaches for the last several years. They're down here coaching the middle school for us and do a really good job with it. And so they've got a great staff and a really good team this year. And so we're excited to see what they do. They'll be over in Lake Butler next week. And then the following week, I think it's on September 7th, we'll be hosting Columbia. So that'll be the next home game for the Bullpups. So we certainly encourage everyone uh, to come out and watch because they're a, they're a fun group, man. They're explosive. And that's without a couple starters. You know, we talked about the contact tracing and things like that. Florida High was a good football team. And so to do what we were able to do Tuesday night was really impressive. And so we're excited about them this year. Yeah, and I, I, I'm nervous to say this because we've talked enough about Jeff Lee, but talked to Jeff Lee that next day That's right. after the football game because his son, Cooper, mm -hmm. is on the team. Cooper Coop Dog, 8 0. And, big 8 0. Uh, and I, I asked Jeff, I said, hey, how did last night go? Like, how, how did the boys look? He goes, man, we whooped up on them so good, even Cooper got to play. Oh, man, Coop, Coop's going to be pretty good. Coop's <laughs> out there first thing, kickoff team, kickoff return, got some play, uh, some run on defense um, late in the game. So, yeah, man, it's a, it's a good group, athletic group. And I think this is his first year playing. So I think so, yeah. That's, that's, that's good, man. Yeah, but moving on from football, we did uh, want to mention a couple other things. So the way we're going to do it, not to spend – we want to be able to spend enough time on everything. So we didn't want to cram all the fall sports into this week. So this week we're going to talk a little bit about volleyball and swim. And then next week we'll get into cross country and golf and um, everything else going on at Swanee High in the fall. And so, TJ, I know you got the roster in front of you. So what kind of stood out to you about about what we've seen with the volleyball roster and schedule so far? Well, just looking at the roster, this will be a pretty decent softball team. Yeah, it really will. <laughs> because yeah. you see Macy Campbell, Kara Smith, Rachel Smith, Zoe Hatch, a lot of familiar names that you're going to see out there for later on in the year for softball. But... You, you just look at a couple of those very first names, Macy Campbell, Kara Smith, Rachel Smith, Zoe Hatch. you got some great young talent yep. that's, that has great experience, and I think you're just going to see this team just continue to develop and hopefully just ride that wave that they kind of got closed out last year with and just stay hot hopefully from the beginning of this year on. Yeah, definitely a young team. You know, um, I know Karis is a senior and um, not familiar with everybody on the team, but really – you know, I saw yesterday that they had uh, named Macy Campbell and Aaron Kirby as Aaron their captains Kirby, yeah. for this year, both underclassmen, and so that's great. I see Claire Palmer on there, and Claire's only a freshman. Yep. Of course, her dad, John Palmer, the quarterback for the Dogs back in the good old days. He was a little bit of an athlete. Her brother's some pretty good baseball <laughs> players, so good to see Claire on there. And um, like you said, man, you got a lot of the softball, a lot of multi-sport athletes. you got the flag football players, you got the softball players, and I love that. I love the kids Absolutely. that play the multiple sports. And um, so, man, yeah, that, that's a good-looking group on varsity, and I hope they have a lot of success. I know they dropped their first match, and I'm not sure if it was preseason or regular season on Tuesday night against Alcilla Christian, but very close match from what I understand, and we lost in four sets. And so I uh, hope that, like you said, the volleyball team kind of builds off the momentum from last year and has a really strong year. Yeah, we talked to Coach Kenzel last year, and hopefully we'll get a chance to sit down again with her. I actually talked to Coach Hufty as well, but that was for the flag football. But That's right. Coach Kenzel, we got a chance to talk with her last year and just did a little bit of the, a volleyball preview, and hopefully we'll, be having, we'll have enough time where she can figure out something with her schedule where we can link up, and she can tell us a little bit through her own words about what she expects from this team and who she's excited to hear from. Because, like I said, not familiar with everybody on this roster, but there definitely are some, some names that you know to look out for and you know are just great athletes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, you got I think you got your starting softball infield out there, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's never a bad thing. Yeah. Never a bad thing. 
And moving over to swim, uh, Coach Morgan, who does such a great job with the swim team, um, not huge in numbers this year, especially on the girls' side, but definitely some names we recognize. He brings back Peyton Slaughter on the boys' side as a senior, and Peyton has set a lot of records over there, I know. Um, on the girls' side, Lydia Warren returns, and she's kind of the elder statesman on that team, but yep. she's only a junior. Yeah. And so um, we'll, of course, talk to Coach Morgan a little bit more, find out kind of who he's looking for big things from. But the but both team, you know, both sides, you know, you've got Peyton Slaughter, you got Hayden Swartz coming back, and Ethan Mercer. Those are your seniors on the boys' side. But then you got some young guys too. Um, Mason Tompkins is a guy who came over from football. He's going to swim this year. Cade Cannon and Camden Swartz are ninth graders, so I know Coach Morgan's looking for big things out of them. And so it'll be uh, be fun to go out and watch the the dogs do a little swim. Your sport, yeah, your sport, my, my area of expertise. That's right, yeah. The Billy Jernigan Aquatic Facility. That's right. The old no stomping ground. Yeah, like you said, Hunter, the only five girls on the roster, but not a not a single senior. Mm -hmm. So obviously you have a chance to bring all five of them back and maybe have a chance to have that program grow. Because I know just speaking on behalf of, of what we were able to do whenever we became seniors, through the years whenever I started in 2006 as a freshman to get to that 2010 year, the numbers grew. Mm -hmm. And it was because... We, we had a, a pretty good friend group, and we, we encouraged everybody to come out. Like you said, the multi-sport athletes. Basically, my, my sales pitch was if you're not playing football during fall, you just need to come out here and swim. Yeah. Because that is going to be some of the best endurance, best cardio you can get that you're not going to really hurt yourself on. The only, right. the only injury I ever had in swimming was I jammed my finger into a wall because it was a close race. <laughs> and just, you just try to get that hand on and touch that wall right. as quickly as you can. but. You know, low a low impact for for your joints and everything like that, where it's it's really going to help impact you in whatever sport you do. So if if you just swim and then go transition into soccer or whatever sport, or even if even if you're just a baseball guy that plays later on in the year and you get a chance to go out there and, and swim and, and be able to have that endurance and that build, that was something that we as a, a group the last couple of years that we were there really started trying to sell to everybody. And by the end of it, we had a pretty big group. So you see these five girls this year. They're all underclassmen, like I said earlier. If they get to talking to some of their friends and they, they all just bring a buddy and you double the roster right. size and you get that word out there. And that's a big part of individual team sports right. because it, you're, you're performing on an individual level in the greater good of a team. So you can have all the first place finishes you want. If another school has second, third, fourth, and fifth or something like that, it's not gonna matter because the points are gonna swing in their favor anyway. So. Exactly. You need that high-end swimmers like the Peyton Slaughter or someone like that, but you also just need people out there to be able to fill in that roster. You now, need it, numbers. It would, it would be great to get first, second, and third every single uh, event. Sure, of course, yeah. you're going to win every time if you do that. But, hey, if you get first and, and we get you know third and fourth, coming out on top after that. So right. I do think that the, these girls, specifically the girls, you know, there's a little bit better numbers for the guys, but – that that's going to be where they're they're lacking, unfortunately. This well, year. and like you said, I mean, if you if I've got to swim uh, two individual races, you know, and then I've got to swim two or three relays, well, obviously, the more and more I swim, the more tired I'm going to get. Absolutely. Rather than having somebody who's fresh be mm -hmm. able to swim, mm -hmm. and that comes through numbers, you know. So I mean, when you only have five, well, now we don't have two relay teams to get that fifth place exactly. finish. We can only get that one. Exactly. One place, so yeah, definitely. Hopefully, and I know Coach Morgan beats those hallways down. You know, trying to trying to recruit kids to come out, and I'm sure he'd still take them. So if you're interested in swimming, 
Go Get see Coach there. Morgan. And hey, like I just said for my recruiting pitch, if you if you're an athlete and you're wanting to do something and you're waiting around for your sport to happen later on this year, whether it be winter or spring, anything like that, just go out there and swim. Absolutely. Because the endurance you're going to get is, is going to be great. Absolutely. So I guess this is week zero for the Knowles and Gators. I mean, it's not game week. Yeah. But now we do have some games this Saturday. We do have some yeah, games. Yeah, not, not very much notable games. But, no, but nonetheless, it's, it's I'm going to have my two TV set up in the you'll, room. You'll be watching. And I'm going to be going crazy. You'll be them. watching because it's college football. Now there is, what is it, Nebraska, Illinois, I guess oh, is yeah, the, yeah. the highlight yeah, of the day. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll be going I'll crazy. I'll be watching yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, Fat Bielema against Scotty Frost in the hot seat. Yeah. That could be some pretty high coaching season. Yeah. Right there. But, I mean, if you're Nebraska, are you going to really fire Scott Frost? Because, I mean, like, who, who do you think you, you're getting? If you can fire him with cause and avoid that $20 million buyout Okay, clause, but you then, fire Scott Frost. Who are you getting to come to Nebraska? This, you're right. We're it's not, it's not the 90s good good anymore, man. Good, yeah. No now, I mean, I hope I can't. I hope I'm not – speaking something into existence with the Knowles, but but the Knowles have a little bit of a built-in recruiting advantage that Nebraska doesn't have yeah, in yeah. geography. They're, yeah, exactly. So They're, they're a lot more fruitful in, yes. their, in their layout mm-hmm. for, for talent. But, yeah, we'll watch. Yeah. But, yeah, so you sent me a video the other night. Oh, God, I forgot about forgot to mention that. Yeah. Of our boy Josh yeah. Braun doing a little dancing on yeah. the TikTok. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so uh, not sure how many people follow Jervon Dexter on Instagram other than just me because I'm a you. psychopath. And, yeah, you know, all it's things, just you. All things Gators. But there is a about 10, 12-second video of them post a scrimmage or post-practice where they're playing music in their locker room very, very loud. And I guess Josh had just gotten done doing this dance. And Jervon, the first couple seconds of the video, is just egging him on. Like, come on, do it again, do it again, do it again. And... Josh was, uh, was uh, let's just say, very unseasoned oh, chicken in, in his dancing, very stiff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? We, we don't sign him for a D1 scholarship to go stomp the yard. No, all right? it was we're, funny. We're, they, we're, said, we're, they said that this boy danced like Mullen. Yeah, yeah the caption <laughs> said this boy danced like Mullen, which if you've ever seen Mullen dance, that's not yeah. a flattering oh, opinion to have. No, I don't know if you remember this or if you know this, but when Josh was a senior – Miss Rodriguez has a dance class at the high school, and she had a young lady in the dance class that was very tall. I mean, like six feet. You know, she was a very tall young lady, and so they needed a partner for her. And so, who was the the tallest guy at the school who could do it? There you go, was Josh. So Josh jumped out there, man, and he was on stage doing a little tango or whatever it was. Hey, and that's just that's a footwork drill, baby. That's it, baby. Just, just toe tapping everywhere, man. Yeah, he looked good. You gotta be it. light on your feet to be an offensive lineman. That's so, right. So yeah, that's right. get a little get a little footwork in while you're at it. That's right. But yeah, that, yeah, that, that was video fun. was not the most flattering thing. We hope to have Josh as an interview, hopefully coming up soon. Had to jump through some hoops with University of Florida. Yeah, that was to get, fun to get uh, permission to interview him. But yeah, that was we're hoping fun. to have him on soon if the schedules can work out. We know he's got a million other things to worry about than talking with. A couple guys. He's got to worry us. about Willie Taggart, man. That's right. That yeah. lethal simplicity the coming out. The now is coming out. That's baby. right, yeah, baby. My, my, my two alumni bases colliding in week one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I hear you. Yeah, there, there's not a conflict of interest. <laughs> Whatsoever. At all. Whatsoever. Now, I had that a couple years ago when Mercer and the Knowles played baseball in the mm-hmm. regionals. Mm-hmm. And I was, man, I was all in on the Bears. So my question was answered. I'm a bear when it comes down when it comes down to it. Well, your Go tag, bears. your tag on your beautiful truck. That's is right, Mercer. That's it, son. Yeah. Go Bears. 
Now, maybe if Florida State had won a title these last couple of years, you might have a little banger. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, could, we could do that. But, yeah, we're just hoping for winning seasons around here, right? We are hoping this is the quest for 6-6, six and six, baby. That would be, we yeah. Are, I know you mentioned that what, a couple weeks ago. That, I think that would, be, that would be it. That would be a great year. Seven would be unbelievable. Like my man Jeff Cameron said last week, if we win eight games, Mike Norvell gets to run down Tennessee Street pantless with a caravan following him chanting his name. <laughs> while, while he's signing an extension. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Get to do whatever you want, Mike, if yeah, you win eight. We'll take that and keep that recruiting class together for that's y'all it. have this year. Man, I think yeah. that, that's the biggest thing. You know, yeah. what, on-field results, of course, is what sells it. But, you know, every, every single year, and, of course, I'm a Gator fan, so I'm a little bit bitter towards other schools, but the Tennessee Volunteers are off-season champions every, every year. Every single year. Not this year. And then, right, right, they got enough <laughs> stuff going on. They are they are the losers of the transfer mm-hmm. portal. Everyone, they might as well just call them the Oklahoma Volunteers, honestly, at this That's point right. time, because they have <laughs> yeah. so many kids go actually to play for the Sooners. But every single year you hear Tennessee and how they're loudmouth fans, and you can't even make the joke good old Rocky Top second in the SEC anymore because yeah, there's nowhere fit. close. Yeah. And that doesn't rhyme. rhyme. That does not rhyme. But, yeah, uh, don't be off-season champions. But, yeah, if, if Norvell goes gets eight wins, yeah, sign that extension, pantsless down Tennessee Street well, while we'll the rest this. of the town is behind them. We'll do this. Next week we'll do wins and losses for the Gators and Knowles, go yep. through the schedule. I'll let you predict your record, me predict ours, and I will feel a lot worse about it, and there will be a lot more L's, but that's okay, and we'll we'll see what we got. Yeah, that's fair. Because until then, all this work – and Norvell's not going to name a quarterback, and I wouldn't either. Probably won't know who the quarterback of Florida State will be until they run out of the tunnel Saturday yeah. or Sunday night because why would you give – because they're so different. Yeah. You know, it's not like Bronx Tillis and Cody Lang, pretty similar mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. This is Jordan Travis, mobile, you know, right. run first type guy. Mackenzie Milton, now after the injury, probably more of a pocket guy. Yeah. So you want to give Notre Dame as much to worry about as much you can. To think about, yeah. So let them prepare for both guys. So yeah. I don't blame Norvell for not naming, but until then, there's not a lot to talk about. Exactly. You know, is what it is. So we'll is look what it to is. That next week. Speaking yeah. of not hot, though, how about those Jags? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> it's not even started yet. We already – No, no. Man. No, and I, I think – and we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because it was, it was just all Kyler and all Swanee football, all good football, not negative bad That's football right. where we talk about the Jaguars. But how perfect was it that for Trevor Lawrence's very first play, he gets sacked and he fumbles the ball. That's now, right. Now, he recovered it. He recovered yeah. it. But, man, that offensive line is – Bad. He was named bad, the starter bad. yesterday. I yes, saw. Yes, QB one starter, but we lost Travis Etienne for the yep. for the year. Yep. He like never missed a game at Clemson, but yep. now we're gonna get the old list Frank injury and miss the whole year. So that's good. But you know, I kind of was thinking about it. Doesn't matter. We're not going anywhere this year anyway. You know, I mean, other than him missing out on reps and a running back's shelf life being so short as it mm-hmm. is, you don't want to get him in there. But, mm-hmm. you know, hey, it's like you get an extra first-round pick next year coming back almost, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. whatever yeah. is what it is. James Robinson in the backfield, you know, is we'll good. We'll be all right so with We'll them, be fine. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean sign call is high as well. It's so. going to be what it's going to be. You know, I mean, is he the difference between being 5-12? and 12? Well, I guess now, what is it, 5-13? Well, no, 5-12. No. 5-12, yeah. yeah. still right, yeah. yeah. Or that will be right, 5-12 versus – Six and eleven, you yeah, know. So exactly. what's the matter? I think, I think that's about where our ceiling is at. Yeah, that, that, that five six yeah. win mark. But yeah, I think that offensive line is real bad. And the only thing that concerns me is you saw how good Joe Burrow looked when he had a chance to be healthy last year for the mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bengals. But he's had what I think like thirty six sacks or something like that. That was you know top three in the NFL at that point in time before his injury happened. And you see him tears ACL and he's you know 
coming hopefully coming into week one where he's going to be healthy enough right. to play. But there's still some questions about some that. He's and that was weapons. a big part of hey that that first overall pick or not the first overall pick that you had, but that first round pick that they had. Do you go with Panay Sewell or an offensive lineman in one way or another, or do you go with the, an explosive playmaker Jamar Chase mm-hmm. who used to play with Burrow? And sure enough, they went with Chase. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of concerns you that you know there still isn't five guys up front that you trust to block the most important it's person such, in your franchise, which is the quarterback. It's such a crapshoot with offensive linemen. Even it's in the draft. To even in the draft. Because, I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, because, I mean, you see so many. When's the last time the Jaguars used a first-rounder on an O-lineman or a first- or second-rounder that was, like, actually worked out like, hey, man, this dude ended up being a stud? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, the, the best offensive lineman will be some undrafted guy from Grand Valley State, you yeah. know, or whatever. You just, it's like I said, it's just obviously hard to evaluate. Luke Jokel yeah. was a bust. Cam Robinson, meh. Yeah. You yeah. know, Jawan Taylor, Taylor. Early second round pick hasn't yeah, done very much yet either. What, Brandon Linder, I can't remember what he round was he was. He was a third round. He was a third round. He's been yeah, good. But I knew it who was a top two round. Right. So, yeah, it's just, it's tough, man. But, you know, we're going to be what we're going to be. So, I know you got a couple other things that we haven't mentioned yet that you wanted to get to this week. So, we'll hit those before yeah, we just get into that, our interview. Yeah, it's just something we've been neglecting to mention here going back to the Swanee side of everything for weightlifting coach Dan Marcy selected to the Florida Athletic Coaches Association Hall of Fame yep, very job. well deserved yep, very much yep so he, he is now in the Hall of Fame and a couple notes for flag football Macy Campbell Amaya Jones and Lee Wood now I'm not sure what publication this came from but all three of them in one way or another were recognized on the All-State team for flag football, Campbell made third team, and Jones and Wood were both honorable. I mentioned. think that's from the Florida High School football site. The you know they they did an all state team, I think, for flag. So my guess would be it would be from them. Yeah. And so good for all them. Yes, very good for Dan because he's earned it. You know, Dan has been in leadership at the state level with weightlifting for many years, whether through the FACA, which is the Florida Athletic Coaches Association, or the FHSAA. You know, he's done both, and that's that's a big reason why. You know, we get the opportunity to host these meets mm-hmm. is because Dan has that credibility with those organizations. He's so well respected. And, right. And, you know, so we get some opportunities because of that. And so very well deserved for him and uh, happy for him and happy to see him going in. And so, yeah, man, we just keep adding some feathers to the Swanee cap with the Hall of Fames and stuff with the FHSA and now the FACA. So that's great. Good to see. And, I mean, both things that we're talking about right here, weightlifting and flag football, relatively new sports. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that we're already making a little bit of headway at the state level, at the Hall of Fame level for these different people, these individuals are all very well deserved, like you said. And yeah, to see such young programs already turning out results like yep. that, you're only going to see them continue to grow and get better with time, yep. especially when you got Marcy as, as one of the coaches there. And Coach Shear, they do a great job there. You know, Huffy, we've talked about a high-energy guy for the flag football team. Oh, yeah. How could you not want to grab towards that? They were, they were that? playing somewhere last weekend yeah. with a little, you know, travel AAU type stuff. Yeah, so absolutely. He's so, all about it. So uh, young programs, but nonetheless getting results. So that's great to see from weightlifting and flag football. Absolutely. We're going to get into our interview this week before we go. And um, lucky enough this week to be joined by a former Swanee Bulldog, and that's Jamari Wheeler. Jamari now playing college basketball, has played, played his four years at Penn State University, was a Nittany line, and now has used this last year as a grad transfer to transfer to Ohio State University and, you know, couldn't make a run at a national title with them. And so yeah. a lot of folks will remember Jamari from here at Swanee as, a, as both a football player and a great basketball player. And um, so we'll get into that interview with Jamari now. Joining us this week for our interview, the new Ohio State Buckeye, Jamari Wheeler, spent four years at Penn State 
entered a portal as a graduate transfer and now finds himself on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Jamari, thank you for joining us. How you doing? Nice. Thank you for having me. Spending four years at Penn State, all-time steals leader for them, and then you get the extra year because of COVID, and now you're making the most of it and have decided to go over to Ohio State. What made Ohio State the right fit for you for your final year? Um, I just, like, going to my, uh, knowing that I want, like, my last year, I just wanted to go somewhere like it was a perfect fit for me, and knowing that I was going to do, like, one year there, that was a big uh, thing to me. So just like going through the recruiting process over again, actually going through it once before like before like after my senior year in high school has kind of made it easy since I already like been through it. So I knew like what to look for, what not to look for, and things like that. And I just felt like it was the best fit for me, like all around. Jamari, we know you know at Penn State that was kind of a team when you went there had struggled before you got there, and then you guys had a really really good year going. Um, during COVID, when COVID struck, I guess you could say, right there before the tournament. How frustrating was that to kind of be the guy that was there? And I think at that time you were in year three or four. You're having the best year Penn State's had in a really long time, and then boom, your season gets cut short. How did that kind of uh, affect you? Uh, it hurt, definitely hurt a lot because just knowing, like, all that work and everything we did led up to that, and one of our goals was to get the March Madness and knowing that we had uh, got the bid to go in there and just knowing like one day uh, everything just thought we couldn't play in it. It kind of hurt it a lot. Actually, we was going to play in our, our first round Big Ten Conference uh, tournament game the day that they canceled it. Like we had practice that morning, got back to the hotel like around 30 minutes, then they ended up canceling the whole tournament due to Corona. So it hurt, especially with them guys too. Like you only get one year with every group of guys. So knowing like that was our last game plan with them kind of hurt even more. Jamar, you just kind of talked about it right there, and I'm, I'm interested in kind of maybe understanding a little bit more what your mindset was like, maybe what the players' mindset was like. Because, of course, it was in the news, and there was rumors here and there. I think right about that time, I think Rudy Gobert from the NBA had just tested positive. So they were wondering – is the, is the NCAA tournament going to happen? Is it going to be with fans, no fans? And it just seemed like every hour there were new developments. What was that like just knowing that that was going to impact you and a, and a very good season that you all were having? Uh, it was bad and frustrating, uh, to be honest, because like every 10 to 15 minutes is something else happening. So you're not sure. like like you got to really uh, mentally prepare yourself just to get ready for that game. But at the same time, you're not sure if you're going to have that game or what so it's like we're just going by hour by hour like we wasn't looking forward to anything or wasn't putting anything past us we're just focusing on that moment so prime and i and i call you prime does coach frank allen still call you that when he talks to you? i'm sure he does because yeah, he, he definitely do guy. <laughs> <laughs> i think he gave you that nickname your sophomore year right when uh you were playing for the dogs returning kicks and everything but what i was going to ask you was so you know you were known on the floor as someone with a really high basketball IQ, um, defensively just very tenacious, gets after it. Where do you think that came from? And I ask you that because, you know, one of the things you see now is what I guess you would consider not a lot of players have that kind of ability to see things before they happen and what you would call sports IQ. So for you, where do you think that came from? Uh, I think my dad had a, uh, a big role to play in that, just teaching me uh, the game since I was little, 
and just teaching like the right way to play the game, whatnot, look for and things like that, just the basics, which I uh, kept with me throughout my whole career. I think it helped me out a lot. And also I do a lot of uh, films that I love studying the game and things like that. So that, that helped me out also. I got you. And so on the defensive end of things, do you, is that something you take a lot of pride in? Because anytime I would watch you on TV, you know, they would always mention that, you know, how, how tenacious you are on the defensive end, how you're one of the best defenders, if not the best defender in the Big Ten. So where did that come from, that kind of attitude on the defensive end? Uh, just being taught when I was little. Uh, every night, like, you help your team uh, do something positive on the court, help your team win. And, like, every night you can't control the ball going in the basket and things like that, but you can control, like, your effort and defense, stuff like that. So it was just uh, something I just brought, on, uh, brought up on, just always going out there, playing 100% on both ends. Jamari, this is your final year, like we just mentioned, going into Ohio State after leaving Penn State. What's one thing that you're looking forward to about the change of scenery? Uh... Also, uh, obviously playing here, all the home games, there won't be sold out. So I'm just excited with all the fans to come back and everything out there to play in that. And also just uh, I'm looking forward to just competing for a championship, like Big Ten Championship, Regular City Championship, and then March Madness Championship. You're not going to make very many friends going from Penn State to Ohio State. I, and I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure you, know, you, you might have had to mute some people or some block some people on Twitter. Uh, just I mean, talk a little bit about what that process was like. And, and I mean, did, did you have a little bit of fun with it? I mean, I think the only thing that would have been worse if you would have gone maybe from Michigan to Ohio State, but certainly right. <laughs> going from Penn State to Ohio State isn't is it uh isn't a jump you see very often? I would say. Right, right, definitely. Now it, was, it definitely was fun for me and everything. It was just like um, because I also like, obviously like you said is a rivalry. So when I did commit, I was getting uh a lot of hate and everything, but also getting a lot of love. So, like, that would kind of made it fun, just balancing out, just seeing, like, how, how people switch and stuff like that. It's kind of fun. But for me, it wasn't that big of a uh, deal because, like, I really was, like, um, I really, like, took my time with the crew process and everything that, and I feel like it was just the best fit for me. And like, I got a lot of uh, people also, I'm not sure y'all know, but I was almost uh, committed to the University of Florida. So when I did commit to Ohio State, it was like, why you didn't come home? Then Penn State fans coming, like, why you went there? So it was, it was fun. I definitely was doing it. <laughs> I, I just, I'm imagining a guy that maybe a couple years ago when you were on the road at Ohio State and you were wearing the Nitty, Nitty Lions jersey, you were wearing Penn State colors, and he's he's probably heckling you and probably saying some bad things about you and your kinfolk. Then now all of a sudden he's probably super hyped now that you're going to be the point guard and, and you're going to be the head of that defense. And he's probably was thinking a couple of years ago, oh, man, now nah, he just get a bunch of steals, but, man, he don't do much else. But now all of a sudden he's like, yeah, man, he's the best Big Ten defender everywhere. I, I know that's like a fan's mindset. So, I mean, I don't know any Ohio State fans myself, but I know there's some dude roaming around in Ohio right now that has totally changed his opinion about you. All right, yeah, definitely. I have. I had a couple of uh, people reached out to me like on social media. Just like, uh, we hated you when you played against us, but we're glad to have you here and stuff yeah. like that. So That's right. Just to see the love. <laughs> they're glad I'm here and things like that. It made it easier to transfer, transfer also. <laughs> hey, Jamari, so one of the new things now that, that just started down here and I'm sure up there is the NIL. And so have you had the opportunity yet to, to make any money off your name, image, and likeness or sign any deals with anybody? Yeah, absolutely. I have a, a couple of 
business right now that's in that's getting into play but i just signed with my nil agent last week uh up here in ohio and everything so they everything going good with that just building like the email things like that getting all my my team together as i would say just putting my team together so getting ready to uh work forward to that so now, Jamar, you, you saying that just made me think of a question. You said that you have an NIL agent. Is that something that Ohio State helped form for you and the team, or is that something that you independently had to, to sort out? Because, I mean, all of this is new to anybody, and unless, I mean, I'm, you're figuring it out as you go as well. But us on the outside, we, we really have no clue how that works. So could you maybe give a little bit more detail about how having an agent works and, and maybe what goes into signing some of these deals? Oh, yeah, definitely so. You have like you it's it's agents it actually works like a regular like say if you're just going into the draft and things like that you have different agencies reached out to you that want to represent you and your brand and you just have to like I had I had a good uh, team together interviewing like certain agents all the agents I was looking forward to and things see what they had to offer me see how they could help me but also I'd like help them and everything like that so. Um, you allowed to sign with an agent if, if one reach out to you like that to support your brand and everything like that, get your name, likeness, and image uh, out there and reach out to different companies to sign deals and everything like that. Now, within those companies have to be approved through the university or does the university kind of, you know, say what, what businesses or what uh, agents you can go talk to? Right, well, right, you know, like with this, just for now coming out, rules uh change every day and every hour and things like that but right now it's no cap on anything so like the school really don't uh stay out the way of that they just like certain rules we have to go through this thing called over uh endorsement so every time like if we sign an agent or sign a deal or anything like that we just have to put it through there uh through that app and like finish i mean like confirm what we did and things like that but right now the school don't have too much uh control of it it's like really on you Jamar, you, um, you've obviously had a great collegiate career and you had a great high school career. And a lot of folks in Live Oak will remember you on that, that state semifinal team in 2014 playing football. And, you know, I mean, I, of course, remember the kickoff return against Columbia and that first series against South Sumter with a long touchdown. Is there a part of you that ever wonders what if, you know, you would have stuck with football? Because I know Coach Rogers and the guys, they always talked about, you know, as good as you were in basketball, you were just as good in football. So do you ever wonder, you know, kind of what if you would have stuck with football where that might have led? Uh, yeah. It's actually funny that you bring it up. So when I first entered the portal for transfer from Penn State, the football coach uh, there, Coach Franklin, had reached out and wanted me to play football, spring <laughs> wow. football for them and everything like that. So uh, I, I obviously took a couple of thoughts and stuff about it, but uh, I didn't know. Um, I had flashbacks from when I played at Swan and everything like that, but – I was too locked in, and I feel like I put too much in this basketball thing to just split it with football. <laughs> right, right. Right, yeah, but no, I really, I, I mean, I, it's not like I miss it or don't miss it, but I like the time I did play, I enjoyed it. Still have a flashback when I go home, see a couple of guys on the team where we still talk about the games and things like that. It just speaks to the the level of athleticism that you have, Jamari. That you know that that's something that uh, a coach came to you at, at a very well known football school. You know, a very well just athletically every all the programs are very well known that 
he thought to right. reach out to you and, and see if you would be interested in that. But nonetheless, man, you you made a great decision sticking with basketball. Football would have been a great story too. There's no doubt we'd be interviewing you right now for something with football right now. But yeah. but four years at Penn State now here going into Ohio State. Jamari, thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, thank y'all for having me. I enjoyed it. Good luck, Prime. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jamari, for spending some time with us. Been talking back and forth with him for a couple weeks now. I'm glad we were able to work it out. He was actually fresh off of practice mm -hmm. whenever I was on my way over here to start recording, which we are not going to say, so Jeff Lee and others do not come to our lair. But well, I think we should tell him, you know, because we can tell him because he won't have a key to get in. So we have been lucky enough at Swanee Middle School to add um, a broadcasting class, and Miss Tammy Neal does a great job with that. You know, she runs the eSports program not only for us, but she's like the leader in the state of Florida with eSports. And so we got her into a different room this year that kind of has some side rooms with it, and she has turned one of those into a podcast room. And so that's where we are today. Um, I was lucky to did an interview with a student yesterday or was interviewed by a student yesterday in here uh, for that broadcasting class. And so looking for some – they're looking to do some big things, and we're excited about it. And so – Thank you, Miss Neal, for letting us camp out for a little while. Yeah, this is the first time I've had a chance to actually come down here and see everything firsthand, and, and this is absolutely great. I've seen some pictures of some students in here doing different things, and Miss Neal had sent me some stuff as well just to kind of keep me updated on the progress of everything. But this is great in here. So yeah. if we sound a little bit different than what we did these last couple weeks, we, we uh, well, this is our this third, is our third, third episode of season two, third and we back. have not been in the same location. No, we've been moving yeah. Yeah, we are. We have been yeah. nomads. But getting back to Jamari, so you know, in the interview, I just call him Prime because that's the nickname that Coach Frank Allen gave him back in 2013 and 14. Was you know he's Deion Sanders' prime time. Yeah. So that's what Frank would always say. Jamari would return kicks, and man, he was explosive as a football player on that 2014, that great team with Denzel Washington and Aaron McAllister and all of them. I mean, those were your God, Greg Fort, your receivers were Aaron McAllister, Jamari, and Greg Fort with Denzel at running back, Steven Anderson at quarterback. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. So Jamari, when he'd return a kick, you know, they'd kick it off. And if it was short of the end zone, Frank would always say, don't you do it, Prime. Like, you know, he was coming with it. And so um, that was his nickname, and that's what, you know, he was known as then. And he is a, man, he was a super athlete. Still is, obviously. You don't just – there's only so many Division One basketball scholarships to go around. It's not like football. There's not 80 of these things. No. There's 12 no. or four, 13. Roster's a little bit more tight. Yeah, a little, yeah. Tight, yeah, a little more compact. And so best of luck to Jamari this year and um, appreciate him joining us. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think what's cool about some of the stuff that we do is we get a chance to talk to these kids and they can tell the stuff that we didn't know about. So in the interview, you actually hear Jamari say, I was pretty close to committing to the University of Florida. Mm -hmm. And as a Gator fan, we needed all the help we can get. And I would have been <laughs> thrilled to have a point guard come, actually. But we actually got a different Penn State kid that is transferring in for, to Florida. But he said it here on the interview where he's like, hey, I, I was pretty close to committing to Florida. And, you know, he just talks about also another thing that we didn't know was he said that Penn State approached him about coming out to spring yeah. for football. football wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. They, so, they probably still got that huddle film. Yeah, so they, they, <laughs> they think very highly of him as an athlete. So I, I, that's one of the things that I've always enjoyed about doing this with you and getting a chance to talk with these kids where they get a chance to tell their side of the story and tell us things that we just didn't know. Yep. Yeah, so that was something that definitely resonated with me. Yep, really cool. So we hope everybody will come out. If you can't come down to watch the Bulldogs tomorrow night, you can always listen live on the Big 98. I'll be heading down to Dixie County. I'm going to stop at the Gathering. If I have a chance to go through Brantford, I don't know. Sisters has the buffet on Friday too, so 
You Tough gonna have choice. time? You gonna have time for that? Well, I guess. Oh yeah, man. I'm gonna get out here early. I'm gonna I'm gonna make time. I don't know if I have time. I'm gonna make you time. You gonna make time? That's right. I haven't had a chance to look at what the weather might be like, but if it's 106 again, I I don't know, man. Rookie mistake <laughs> on my end. We'll wrap it up after this. I always bring a sweat rag with me. Uh huh. And with forgot the, it. Oh, I forgot it. I thought I ahead because I knew it. we were going to tailgate, so I knew that meant my boys would be in a flop sweat by the time we got ready to Absolutely. go in, and they'd be dirty as could be. That came to fruition, so yep. I brought each of them an extra shirt, which good call, Dad. No big deal. Yeah. Yep. Good dad move. Yeah, man. Total dad move. That's that's the. Uh, I'm gonna need some notes on that whenever we get that far. That's yeah, right. You, you got you got to go on partner. That's right. Oh man. Do well, thank you for listening to us, Dixie County tomorrow night, and we'll have a recap next week and whatever else we'll get into cross country and and golf as well. That's but right. We'll we'll get some other information for you, and until then, go, go dogs. dogs.